The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. And if he is not the scariest power puncher to have ever touched down on that canvas, I'll take your other nominations. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, your main event winner, the Predator Francis Ngannou. Be the best, you gotta beat the best. I've got knocked down, I've climbed back up, and I'm the fucking champion. The winner, a new champion, ladies and gentlemen, Dustin Poirier. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Matt, Sarah, and I are still calling in from separate locations. We have um, Dustin Poirier calling in shortly, Francis Ngannou. That's one good thing, Matt, about this. If there's any silver lining in this shit situation, it's that all of our guests, we know where they are. They're all home. None of them are out. None of them are on their way to, to training. None of them are, are busy at camp. They're all home. No, they're probably happy to talk to us. They're probably going to be more, more like it's not an inconvenience. It's more like, ah, shit. I got something else to do. Dude, you know, it's only been like a week, like quarantine. And yeah. it's fucking, it, that's crazy. It's only been a week. And it's, it's not even an official quarantine yet. It's just, well, it's, it's a know, stay home yeah. suggestion. Doing the right thing. Am yeah. I too shiny? No, you look good. I don't no. want to see is a shiny little, like a little halo. No, you look good. All right, maybe it's just the reflection on my thing. They, they, it but, looks like I'm taking a portrait photo of you. It looks like I. It looks like I'm. I'm taking a portrait photo of my friend. Well, as long as I look okay, I'm always rapping Reebok. I like your video map, by the way. Sponsorship. What's that? I love the video you were doing. You were showing how to pull a Kimura, rip a Kimura, as you would say, on one of your black belts. And uh, it was so interesting to watch you walk it through step by step, just kind of seeing you put the. Uh, well, he's going to try to go this way, but if I swing my leg over and, and you you put your foot like on his thigh over, and it was just so interesting to watch that. Thanks, Jimmy. No, I saw that you uh, that you you commented in there. You yeah, know? it was great. That uh, was nice. You know what it is? That was myself. I shot <laughs> I shot only three videos, but I thought I was going to grab like a bunch of different my other black belts before I before it got into like the real social distancing. At first, it wasn't like no large crowds. I shut my school down. So, like, the first day I did that, I grabbed Jason Rao, James Gonzalez, two of my my black belts. One, did you see the one with James Gonzalez when the arm came off? No. You got to that one. It's James demonstrating the move and then him using it in combat, in, in a cage. Uh-huh. So, it, dude, it, got, it was on ESPN, um, the, uh, the, uh, the, on, on their um, Instagram and social media. They got over a million views on other stuff, but he got the, it, you'll see him demonstrating the move. And then 
the next bit when you slide to this, you know, you slide it to the left, you see him using it in the, uh, in the, uh, in a, in a cage. So it's cool. It's always good. Even though it was brutal, I gave like a warning. It was very graphic, you know, cause he, the guy was a tough guy, yeah. tough, tough guy. He did not, he didn't tap out. He tried to just shake him off. And it do when you're, that's the thing about jujitsu, which I love a tough guy. If you try to punch him and he's got a good chin, it's like beating off a pit bull on something. It's like, you, it's hard to put a guy down if he's tough and can take a shot. Yep. You take away one of his limbs. I mean, hey, man. You know what I mean? It's a fucking right. thing. I want you to go on my Instagram and watch that story, Jimmy. You'll I will. like that. I, I mean, will. I always enjoy those videos. Yeah, thank you, man. So we shot three videos. I planned on grabbing a bunch of my other black belts, but then it got into the thing. So I only shot three videos, and that was like the third one I shot. That was with me. And, uh, I had such a good, you know, good time doing that. I wanted to do a lot more of that. I don't know. It's a weird thing, man. I, I get weird with how long this is going to be and what it means for people. You know, listen, a lot of people have it way worse, but I'm just saying like business people, like where they, they have to just like, I can't open my doors for my schools. Like, what do I do with that? Jimmy? It's yeah. crazy. You well, know? it's weird too. The, the, the reason this happens, not to make it all about me, is because I finally started taking kickboxing. That's what happens when I finally start taking kickboxing. The whole world falls apart, and that's what it is. I was taking it. I was doing three sessions a week with uh, with Jimmy Rivera. Uh, well, one with uh, him and his class, and a couple of privates uh, over at Tiger Shulman. I was going, I was with uh, with Jimmy, and uh, it's just the way it is. You know, I was enjoying it. I was. You didn't tell me you were going three times a week. I was going, yeah, I did. That's I was going, uh, because I, my schedule was so crazy with gigs and stuff and travel. I was going Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then doing my other workouts the other day. I was doing like seven workouts a week. And now I'm down to like, I'm hoping I can find a trainer who will see me in my house. That's why it makes sense that when I saw you last time, your arms were looking, you were looking strong. Jimmy, I'm proud I, I, of you. It's some hitting the mitts. I love it. It's really, but it starts to hurt your hand after a while, but I do like doing it. Um, what I'm wondering too, is these guys, especially in Ghana, who has a fight coming up, he has a scheduled fight with, uh, uh, Jarzinho Rosenstrike. What do you do now? Like you're, you're almost through camp and it's gotta be like, just kind of swimming in place, hoping that there's a rescheduled date sometime soon. There's, I mean, there's times in the past where, there was one time I had to like get a this like in the fight game you have like a change of opponent or if you have opponent you don't know if there's a fight. That's the only thing I can say that guy can almost relate to. Like one time I went through literally twelve guys until I got Jeff Curran. I would start with right. Genki Sudo, Javier Vasquez. It went through it and I'm like, yo, just get me somebody. But you don't you you're training, but you're like in the hard hard training. You're like, yo, am I even? I better be fucking fighting. That's what's going through your head because it's torture. The training camp is the roughest thing for a fighter. It's rough. It's 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 should be harder than the fight. You know what I mean? Right. So when you have to go through that to have something that might not be a payoff, might not even money wise. That is that of course, but just you're, you're you're putting your body through all this, and it might not be a payoff. It might not be a day where you're gonna. Show the you know there not be might not be a reason why you're doing it you know it's it's rough for a fighter dude you yeah know? I'm sure that it really sucks especially when you had a date everything's lined up well you're ready to go and then they I mean again it's no one's fault you you can't even be mad you, you understand why the UFC and people are giving Dana a, a little bit of shit because he's trying to figure out a way to do it and to do it safely. 
I don't think there's anything wrong with trying to figure out a way to do it. They haven't done anything dangerous. He's just like, we're going to try to do this in a way that's safe. Um, Ben Askren had an interesting idea. He said, how about remote judging? Um, Because you can only have like 10 people. So could you have uh, maybe one less? I don't know if you want to have any less corner people, though. I don't know if you want to compromise what you would normally be doing in a fight. But could you uh, somehow do it remotely, the judging? I mean, again, could it be any worse? I I don't know if you can do that. I don't know if that works. In a time we're in now with social distancing, I'll tell you where there's not social distancing. Where? Oh, you fucking nowhere. On my, on my, on my Vive virtual reality system. Oh, Oh, right. Oh, I see my friends in there. Like I see them and I see them all talking. Like they're all like at the guns and they're in the lobby. Like we're waiting before we we start. So I see Genova and and Vinny and all that and Duke of Prunes, all of them. They're all hanging out. So I'm like, hey guys, they go, hi, Savage. Yeah, they call me Savage for sure. It's Kimura Savage. Of course. I go up to them, I'm giving them virtual high fives. And then we're on the plane and the mission starts. We drop, we're on squads. Dude, I'm hanging. Right. I mean, listen, I might be in these quarters here. Anyway, enough about that stuff. Jimmy, (laughs) you know what I've been doing really? You know what really made out in this whole time of this virus uh, crisis? What? Is the bike stores. I might, dude, I went and I bought a bike, like a bike, a mountain bike. Jimmy? Uh, just to, to, to do something, right? Just to I stay mean, active. My kids, because we got the pool in last last summer, they none they did they, they they said screw the bikes. They were off the bikes last summer. So we right. got new we and so they went rusted and they whatever else. Listen, they didn't use the bikes. So it's almost like starting from scratch. So my kids never really riding bikes. Now we got the gear. Well they got the gear. The helmets and the knee pads. You can't fit a helmet on this fucking head. I can't do it. (laughs) I'll take the hit if I fall. So listen, we're going with, I got my little gang. I can put my little ducklings behind me. You understand? It's fun. It's around the neighborhood. We go up into like a big empty parking lot. They're going around in circles. It might not sound like fun, Jimmy, but I feel like a a kid again. Well, you don't have a helmet on. You got to get a helmet, Matt. I'm going to get a helmet, Jimmy. You should, because if you fall off when you're riding with just the kids, they won't be able to, they might not know how to call for help. They're going to need you. They, you, you should get a helmet. Yeah, I know. Oh, okay. they're, not, they're, not, they're, not, they're not morons. <laughs> They'll pick up my phone. They'll, they're good. They, they, they're very good. My one was yelling on me on my Instagram. Like, Dad, I'm dangerous. What are you? So I went to take a video. Calm down. She was yelling at me. You know? <laughs> but I'll tell you, it is funny, Jimmy. I seen a meme. And it was before quarantine, and it was a bunch. It was a whole family on their iPad and everything. And after quor- or during quarantine, and it was everybody out on bikes and walking. And that's what it's like, right? Yeah. Because there's no school or anything. It's like we have to just keep everybody busy. And and I'll tell you, it's been a week though. It feels a little longer, no? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a little crazy. Uh, a little frustrating, but I have not, I've been staying in, but I've also been going out to the super, like one thing I've been treating supermarkets like they're fucking vacations and shopping. Like I've been going to like, Hey, I'm going to find a nice supermarket 15 minutes from here. And instead of buying stuff at the local, I'll go, you know, I'll, I'll take a 20 minute drive. It just feels like I'm doing something and you got to go shopping anyway. So it's just a way to keep busy. And I got gloves, like those deli gloves. I happen to find them in a, in, in a pharmacy. I was very lucky that they still had them. It's a, it's a weird time, Jimmy. And like we said, yeah. man, I'm not even 
a lot of people are in the business. I mean, the social distancing hurts a lot, a lot of people. Like, it's just, I just wonder what, I just, it's just, it's, it's, it's just interesting. Like, because it's like, is the government going to just step in and say, all right, let's just put a hold on everything. Like, you know what I mean? Like, wouldn't that be the right thing to do? Look, you can't, how do you expect people to pay rent when you're not, you're not even allowed to work? Like, you know what I mean? I don't know. Strange, Jimmy. I guess we could all. Yeah, they're this. working on a package. What? They're, they're working on some kind of a stimulus package. Hopefully by the time we speak in two days, they will have already passed it. They'll, they'll get something figured out. I mean, they can't have the entire economy tank. We, you know, They just can't have it. So hopefully they'll figure something out very soon. I don't soon. want to sound like too much of a hippie, Jimmy, but I think everybody should be, you know, just not going crazy. Try to help out each other. Don't be pricks ripping toilet paper out from people's hands. And right. everybody kind of try to help out each other. You know what I mean, Jimmy? I'm just putting this out to the world. It's, I know it feels like I'm just talking to you, so it's weird. Yeah. Like, I feel, you know what I mean? Like, like I feel like sure. I, the last time we ended the show, I'm like, all right, Jimmy, what are you? I'll talk to you. I don't know. This is a new thing for us. The whole Skype. I know. You know? I don't mind it, though, because I'm doing the morning show at Sam, so we're doing three hours in the morning on I mean, we're on ISDN and we're also on Skype. So it's like, it's the new way. I'm I'm just glad we can do this. Like, I'm so happy we have the the opportunity. People are like sending a lot of messages like, hey, thanks for still doing the show. Or, hey, yeah. Thanks, I'm fucking happy. I love doing the show. I'm so happy we can still do it. Well, I like it because I don't feel you're going to, if I just, because no, why, Jimmy? Because I miss you. At least you little I miss you too. And I don't want, I feel <laughs> that if I, if we weren't doing the show and I would just FaceTime, it would be like to voicemail. And I'd be like, fucking Jimmy doesn't want to see me. He'd rather stare at the I fucking, know. He'd rather stare at the wall than Ozzy Osbourne picture than look at me. <laughs> now, what is the first punch that Jimmy Rivera taught you over at Tiger Shulman's? You're taking first pride in twitching? I am, yeah, but I'm not now, but I was. And, and him and also some other angel and somebody else in his school, they, they're all really great and very patient. And I do the class too, but the classes are a lot of times at times when I was doing sets. So I just, the time didn't work out. Oh, wait, hold um, on. Did I hold pants for people? Uh, no, they held them for me. I didn't hold them yet, but no, we were doing them on bags. Oh, I'm still okay. in such a beginner phase. It's like you'd have partners on a bag. But when I was doing, the advantage to the privates was, I mean, again, when you have you know, Jimmy Rivera, when you have, you know, 45 minutes of his time, I mean, you know, come on, that's not easy to get a guy who's that good of a fighter, literally just showing you personally how to throw kicks and punches. Yeah. And they they hold pads for you. So I think I got to kick and hit pads probably before a lot of guys do just because they were private. So uh, it, it's really, you realize how hard it is to throw a punch. And how hard it is, like, to keep your foot position. And the way, like, I, for me, they're always like, oh, open your stance, open your stance. Like, it's the feet. So watching guys' footwork and then throwing a jab without being extended far too far, like, all this shit that I just do wrong naturally, you don't realize how much technique is involved in it until you're doing it and you realize how wrong you do it. Now, listen, I'm no accountant, Jimmy, as you know. I'm no accountant. I don't believe that. I feel, after just talking to you, and because this is your job, I think you should write off those fucking lessons. Because let me tell you, Jimmy, I'm just, I don't know if this is something to talk over there, but I listen. No, listen, it's business. You you're learning the proper mechanics. Now, when you're watching fights, I tell people like some of the first lessons when I I teach a lot of beginner classes sure. at Sarah BJJ, and I tell people, especially in a lot of beginner classes, I'm teaching getting out for a mount. I'm gonna be like, you're gonna notice, you're gonna be watching fights differently. You'll be, it'll be like opening up your mind yeah. you'll see somebody's mounted and from the waist down, I'll teach like the elbow escape where the legs are 
just as important as your, your arms. You, if you're not doing the right thing from the waist down, you're not getting out. One leg flat, the other leg's helping over, scraping up the leg. So when I'm teaching that elbow escape, I'm like, you'll be watching fights now to these people I'm teaching. You'll be watching UFC fights, somebody mounted, you see their just legs straight up. Just You'll see that they have no way, they don't know the way out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, we're going to be watching fights, Jimmy, and you'll be seeing guys punching just the way they're turning their hips and their shoulders and you're going to be like, ah, that's what Jimmy was doing with me. With the, That's going to be, I don't know. Anyway. I watch see. him throwing hooks. Like he'll demonstrate in class or in a private how to throw hooks. And to me, that's the hardest punch because yes. of the foot alignment you need, uh, which is turn pivot. Like, And I'm like literally just flail. Uh, uh, like to watch a guy so naturally good at it uh, and, and the power you can generate when you turn your feet the right way. You just realize how much goes into it when you can't do it. So throwing hooks for me is the hardest technical punch. The other ones are hard, but that for me has been the hardest one so far is to throw left, right, left, right, uh, multiple hooks. It's hard with that. Le- that left hook took me forever to, to get. I was I was horrible. I was like, Jimmy, the line was like, come on, show your back. Like you're slamming a door. And I had no idea because I was kind of, yeah. I dude, I was horrible at the left hook. Well, you know what gets you decent with it? Sorry, I'll stand up. Is oh, can you get me? You got me or no? Yes, ah. yes, yes. Okay. Is get you know what you do when you're here? Just get used to having the guy throw a punch in your face and you just slip. So that way I got all the weight here. You know what I mean? All my hands right. are playing me. So don't concentrate on just oh man, I have a hard time just starting with the left hook. Just go like, all right, I'm gonna get my left hook. I'm just gonna come over, bang, shut the door. Bang, you know? Then you get used to the, you know, obviously over shutting the door and then coming back and whatnot, but it gets you used to your base. I don't know if yeah, you saw that. Yeah, it's very, this it's is a technically hard punch with, with the feet. Sorry. What? Yeah, no, but with, with the feet, with turning the right way to get the power is very hard. I mean, it's just so much, and I'm concentrating a lot of my feet to try to get it right, but I realize I'm like a robot, like one, two, but they're all, they keep saying, don't worry about power, just just worry about the technique. Don't worry about the power. A hundred percent. You're thinking more, you have to think more hips and shoulders than, than arms. You know what I mean? Right. Your arms are not really doing anything. They're going to be standing there and not being tense, but it comes with time, Jimmy. I'm just happy you're training, you know? Me too. They're all, they're very patient. Uh, they're all really great there. And they like, you don't feel like a shitty beginner. Like they make you feel like you're exactly where you're supposed to like, they're good and they and they walk around and they catch me you doing things like even when you're in class I'm sure, which I'm sure you do you see guys doing things and they just keep stopping me nope do that like they catch things that I, I know I'm not doing right and I don't know why and somebody will walk over and in two seconds they know exactly what you're doing wrong well that's why when you, back to what you said how they treated you even though you're a beginner they'll just treat you like a beginner that's why with like Dan Lambert is smart to step in with that whole Colby and right. that guy and, and, and uh, Dustin thing and he has a rule about now. He has a rule in there now that um, excuse me. He has a rule in there now that uh, fighters can't talk about each other if they don't have fights, and it's almost well, like you got to be comfortable. Yeah. But listen, man, I'll tell you right now, as a school owner, okay, my my schools, uh, I tell you, atmosphere is as important as anything else you're teaching in there, and the vibe of the place. A lot of people who are not going in because it's their job because they have a fight coming up, but. They, a lot of people, especially if he has a regular school, the American top team has regular people there also. It, you don't want to go to a place that you're going to have like tension or be singled right. out or you're walking a little late. And I have, you know, I, there's times where, you know, people 
like they, they don't want to come in and get like singled out. Somebody comes in and like, oh, you know, they, they want to just come in and have a place where they're like, you know, like feeling like, oh, man, my therapy, oh, my happy place. Oh, it is yeah. all my buddies. At my schools, like I, I like the atmosphere where there's no cool table, man. It's like it can right. be a misfit of Island Toys. Everybody gets treated the right way. Now I miss everybody, Jimmy. It won't be that long, man. It'll be a little while, I mean, a month or so. Whatever it is, it, I mean, we, you know, we, we're dealing with it, but it, it won't be forever. I think we could bang out a month or so, Jimmy. You know? Yeah, I think so. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Here we go. That's better. What's up, Dustin? How are you? Uh, how are you making out, Dustin? How, how are you doing? I'm, I'm personally, I'm getting, I'm having moments where I'm doing great, and then other moments where I'm a little panicked. How are you? Yeah, same thing, man. I uh, for a few hours, I'm cool with what's going on, and then I'll be like, kind of feel trapped a little bit. Uh, so I'm pretty much going through the same thing, but I'm taking it one day at a time. I feel like that's what it's been for the last two weeks, just one day at a time. And uh, how is it with the family there? Is it you have one child or two? I'm sorry. I have one. Okay. Is it uh, getting a little stir crazy in the house? I got three, so you yeah, know. You know I, 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 go ahead. I really like we try to limit her time on on electronics and and watching TV and stuff like that. But there's just really nothing we can do with her. So it's just a lot of her on an iPad and. You know, we play here and there, go outside when we can, but it's a lot of TV watching. It's just going stir crazy, man. How old is she? She's three and a half. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> is it a little, I mean, you guys go for walks and stuff or? Yeah, we have a decent neighborhood. So, so it's, you know, we got nice sidewalks and everybody's always out because everybody's home. So there's other children and stuff like that. But, you know, it's just being stuck here. It just feels crazy. I, uh, I was actually supposed to be in Florida in training camp last Saturday. I was supposed to fly there and start my training camp. Um, but I canceled those flights and came home. I was in Connecticut when the, when the craziness really started happening. I was at a Bellator event. You're better off not being in Florida anyway. I mean, they had spring break going on. And I mean, yeah. they were literally doing shit up until a couple of days ago. So that to me, Florida was the scariest place to be. So I think you're probably lucky you didn't wind up there. Yeah, so I, yeah, I canceled those flights. It just came straight home. The thing was, uh, usually when I start a training camp, I do a week and a half or two weeks by myself. Then my wife and daughter come meet me for the rest of the time. Uh, I just kind of go and get tempered into the training regimen and, and get my feet under me. Then they meet me there. But uh, we were worried maybe they might do a domestic travel ban and we would have separation and wouldn't be able to get together. That's why we just scratched the whole thing. So now Are you... Oh, I'm sorry, Jim. No, go ahead, buddy. So, so you were set, for the people that don't know, you were set to fight Dan Hooker, or was that just being talked about? Yeah, we were just, uh, I mean, 
I spoke to the UFC and it was a go. We were just waiting on his medicals to get cleared. And uh, last time I spoke to Sean Shelby, everything had got cleared. So it was set. You know, I started aligning my training camp, talking to my coaches, getting everything set. Uh, and I was going to head out there last Saturday. Before I forget, because I'll, 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 have to <laughs> I don't have kids around. I was there live when you fought Habib. And listen, I've been doing jujitsu for a long time. Any, you ask anybody that was in a choke that got out of a choke, especially if they're invincible. I'm not, you know what I mean? They'd say, hey, man, ah, nothing. I'm good. I survived. But if you're the guy putting it on, you know if that guy is going to be almost going out. And Jimmy, let me tell you something. Before Dustin answers, I was sitting next to Dean Thomas, and I go, and it looked like one point where his head was almost coming out, and that's when it's the tightest. And I'm like, dude, he's going to go out? I thought he was going out. So, Dustin, I don't know if you ever answered it. How... Do you feel it was it was going to be the end of the night for Habib when you had that choke on? Yeah, man, it's tough. It, it was close. It was it was as close as it can get, you know. Uh, but against the best guys in the world, tiny, tiny. I mean, I would have finished a lot of guys in the UFC with that choke. A lot of guys, and I finish a lot of guys in the gym all the time. Uh, but just. When there's space for him to roll, I mean, you being doing jujitsu as long as you have, and and just having a feel, you know, if there's a if there's a centimeter of space where he can roll his hips to the mat and, and just create a little bit of, of of space or a little bit of breathing time, I should have went full guard. I should have controlled his whole body and his hips. I could have really folded him over there if I would have been full guard. Um, but but simple things like that, you know, which would have finished ninety percent of the guys. That ten percent or that upper five percent that Khabib obviously is in, you just don't finish those guys with that. You know, it has to be perfect, and it's my fault. It's a it's a a lag and and a mistake in technique, and you know, it's it's all on me. There was why I thought it was trouble for Habib was Jimmy when he had the um, him in the team. Uh, let's it was the right arm, Dustin. Right arm was choking, yep. yeah. Yeah, the right arm. So the Habib's head is caught in Dustin's right arm. Um, Dustin did the right thing by having the left leg over so Habib could not pass to the opposite side. So if he's not in trouble, guys can weather it. But you, you can't pass nine out of ten times. You're not passing towards where your head's trapped unless it's a shitty hold. So when I saw him try to power through that side, I go, oh, I go, oh, my. You know, the next thing is him looking to uh, come over and um, cartwheel over to relieve the pressure, and then Dustin can finish from mount. That's what I was just envisioning. I'm like, holy shit, we're going to witness the fucking biggest upset ever. Excuse me, the kids around. My kids, what? If I would have had full, I mean, you know how, if, if I'm, yeah. there's no space at all. My hips are on his. I'm controlling his waist with my legs, full guard. I'm got him bent in half. If he would have rolled that way, just naturally, I would have been in mount if I would have had full guard That's, 100%. I would have finished from the top. Jimmy, if, well, how would be, now that it's really playing back in my head, Habib put his hip to the floor and it was relieving the pressure. So it was really, I hate to bring up like in Ace Ventura when that movie, the old school, it's an old movie by now, when they like laces out. I don't yeah. want to bring up like a, a memory where it was that type of thing, but uh, you know, it, it was just so close, Dustin. So that has to feel good, even though, even though it, feel, it could feel a little shitty because it was that close, you did have that moment of, hey man, that could have been game, that could have been game over. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not surprised by that. I can do that to anybody in the world. And I thought that going into that fight, you know, it just sucks that I let an opportunity like that slip away by not using proper technique and committing to, to, to the proper submission, you know, the right way. You know, I kind of, 
was lazy with it. You know, I, I, I like you said, I threw the hook over the, the body that, to keep him from crossing my body and getting across and relieving the choke, but I left the side open for him to roll out. And yeah. sometimes in the gym, you know, when guys do that, when they blade out on that side, I usually punch that same choking arm through and finish with an anaconda choke or something like that. But I, I didn't even attempt, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. But looking at the time he spent on his side, relieving the pressure of that choke, I could have maybe tried to uh, switch to an anaconda there and punch that through the armpit since it was it was already right there. But, uh, you know, I can do that for, for the rest of my life, saying what I could have, should have, sure. would have done. So I'm just trying to get better, man. I'm just, uh, you know, with that choke from now on, anytime I give up position or go for a guillotine, I'm definitely going full guard. And uh, what I'm preaching to these younger fighters now, too, is that you have to be very offensive and, and attack with the hands around the neck, right? That's the choking. But I feel like what opened my eyes in that fight is the legs controlling the body have to be as much um, – of an offense as much of an attack as the choking part you know it needs to be it needs to be together i need to attack his body with my legs and attack his neck with my arms to control everything just like uh you know how it is in, in jiu-jitsu if you're trying to submit the elbow you need to isolate the shoulder whatever you're trying to sum submit you need to isolate the joint before it you know what i mean so yes. his body i need to control his body before i can choke his neck so that's just i'm just trying to learn and move forward man yeah, and, uh, sure. Just get better, you know. Hey, you know, speaking of getting better and speaking of jujitsu, I was I was surprised, but I was I really respected that you were gonna be facing the great Gary Tonin in a grappling match. And I was like, man, I thought that was awesome. Because one, the guy is just phenomenal, Gary Tonin. Great guy. You're both great guys, so I like you both. But I was like, Gary, I mean, I go, uh, Tonin is just as as Elite as they get, Jimmy, on, in the world in jiu-jitsu. Right. So Dustin would be, it'd be like him. I mean, I'm not, you, I love your jiu-jitsu skills, but it would be like you upset. It'd be a huge upset if Dustin went in there and submitted him. You know what I mean? So, you know, how did that almost come about? And what was the thought behind taking that match? They, uh, I was out in Florida when I got cleared. So I had hip surgery right after the Khabib fight. I had a pretty serious hip surgery. It's been bothering me a while. So I went and got some stuff taken care of. I went out to Colorado to a really good, good hip specialist there. And uh, when I finally got my clearance to start training again, which was the beginning of January, I decided just to go to Florida. I have a place there right by the gym. Just get back on the match with those guys, get back into the swing of things without a fight. I just wanted to get, you know, get in the mix there and see how my hip felt. So I was there for two months. And then I got a call or I got an email from a guy putting on a jiu-jitsu event out in Miami. And uh, it just came about and I saw a great opportunity. Since I wasn't fighting, I saw a great opportunity to link my uh, nonprofit in and try to raise some money for something good. And, and, and obviously I just got submitted in my last fight. So what better way to, to get better in that part of the fight game is to throw yourself in, in the fire with those people. So I honestly just focused on my jiu-jitsu for – a month straight leading up to that, he got hurt the week of. It really sucked. So, so the thing fell apart. But I got a chance to really focus on my jiu-jitsu and really focus on my leg lock game, and I think I leveled up a little bit there, man. Did the hip, did the hip uh, thing you were having going on, did that affect you at all in the Khabib fight or no? No, not in the fight. It, it's affected me in training camps um, in the last few years, but never – once the once the adrenaline starts pumping and stuff, I don't feel anything. It's more of the soreness and the discomfort I feel from running sprints or throwing high kicks, things like that. So it was one of those things that you wanted to take care of and you're like, just enough. I, I, the fight's done now. I can take a little bit of time and fix this. Yeah, I was like, I, I climbed all the way to the mountaintop and, and here I was about to try to unify the belts with the best lightweight fighter in the world. Uh, I, I failed at my attempt. Let's get my body back right and let's do this thing again. 
I mean, it's okay. You've looked good I mean, in, in all of your fights. You've looked in, incredible uh, against uh, Alvarez and, of course, against Max Holloway. Uh, what was it be what you thought he was going to be strength-wise? Because you hear so much about how strong this guy is, and everybody says he's stronger than you think he's going to be. Uh, were you prepared for that, or was he actually stronger than you expected him to be? Dude, honestly, he, was, he, he wasn't as strong as I expected him to be. Um, I physically felt stronger than him. I, I, I just think his technique and timing and balance is – the best I've ever felt. Um, his body positioning and understanding of uh, weight distribution, it, it, I can't even explain it to you. It, it's just the best and, and, and the most balanced I've ever felt. That's interesting. <laughs> Same shit. That's yeah. It. We both said that. I mean, hey, we wrestling with, wrestling with effing bears, you know? I mean, I don't know. That has to, that has to mean something. When you're wrestling with fucking bears. Listen, I want to ask you, I don't know, but the whole thing, when I hate to give the guy any uh, um, acknowledgement, but you know, cause I'm not a big fan, but now Colby Covington, that guy insults everybody, doesn't apologize for anything to anybody. Jimmy, I don't know yes. if you know about this. Oh, I do. He apologized to this gentleman right here. Yeah. Are you that much of a psychopath that he wants to apologize? Why is it that he's apologizing to you? I don't know, man. Try to get him on and, and find out from him. I, uh, I, that guy on. I, I, <laughs> I honestly haven't spoken to him. Um, the last person I spoke to about him was, was Dan Lambert. Uh, when we had a meeting and shook hands and said, let's just keep this stuff out of the gym. Let's not get crazy here. And yeah. that was it. And that was when I was still there in training, you know, in training. So uh, I'm not sure what exactly what went on since I was gone and what the apologies for and stuff like that. But I mean, uh, that's that, that's about it. Well, when there's any kind of, it doesn't even have to be with him. When there's anything in a gym between you and another fighter or two other fighters, does it affect the way everybody kind of goes about their day? It does it really? Is it something you can kind of feel hanging in the air? For sure. Well, you know, of course, in in gyms of that that size, there's going to be arguments, and people aren't going to agree on everything like that. But uh, when it's that out there and usually gym things are just between each other, just between yeah. fighters in the gym and they kind of get over it or whatever happens, happens. And that's it. But this in, in this scenario, it's been so publicly pushed and, and so many people are, are doing interviews and putting clickbait out there about this, that it can never die out. You know, it's like a, it's just like an ongoing thing that I just try to like when people talk about it, I just try to go to the next question. I don't want to keep you know, bringing it up and stuff like that. There was a, an interesting thing. Some guys, I, I think they were in Dallas, they were going to train. And they, I think the cops showed up and said, if you go into that gym, you're going to be arrested. I forget who it was. It was a fighter. Um, they, they wanted to go in and train. When all this started happening with, with uh, you know, coronavirus, were you nervous? Like, like I hope they put a stop to this because I'm not as comfortable going in there and rolling around on the floor. Did you have any hesitation about doing it before they said you can't? About going into gyms, you talking about about like social distancing stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like when when this started getting bad, did it did it affect the way you were approaching? Even though you and Hooker were, uh, I know you were going to fight, but were you starting to think like I don't I'm not comfortable training at this point? No, nah, it didn't really hit me honestly until uh, I want to say when I was that Bellator event that got canceled the day of. I was out there in Connecticut at at the Mohegan Sun uh, from Tuesday till till that Saturday, and that's. Every day it got worse as I was there. You know, I wouldn't have left my family to, to go out there to Connecticut if I knew that was happening. Obviously, the week before, I saw a lot of stuff going on in China 
and, and uh, it just hasn't hadn't made its way here yet. And people weren't panicking and stuff yet. But when I was in Connecticut, every day I wake up and turn the news on. The stock market's crashing. People are going crazy. I thought it was like I was in the twilight zone, man. I uh, after that, I came back to Louisiana. Like I said, canceled the flights to Florida. I got to, to get one training session in at my buddy Tim Crater's gym, uh, you know, a longtime fighter, a great jujitsu practitioner. And uh, after that one session, he closed his doors and says, you know, he, he couldn't do anything. So it kind of happened quick, man. I, I wasn't at American Top Team. I wasn't at, the, at a big, big gym where a lot of people were there. So but a good thing for me, man, I have a have a private gym here in Louisiana. I'm about to go there in a few hours and I can open the doors. I still have bags to hit. I have a buddy who uh, is a decent wrestler. I can drill and get some mat time with. But it's still it's still driving me nuts. It, it is right. It's one of those. At least you can do something to stay in some kind of shape, but you can't do what you need to do to get ready for a fight. Of course. Yeah, honestly, dude, this last few months have been very mentally like trying for me, man, because in the past, anytime I've ever lost, I've been able to just submerge myself in work back in the gym. Any any loss I've taken, I've been able to drown that out with with focus on what I did wrong, with focus on winning this next fight, getting something booked. But it's just been a mental challenge because I lost to Khabib, then I had surgery. So I was, I was out seven weeks. I couldn't put any weight on my leg for seven weeks. So my normal thing of getting back in and drowning out the loss with work wasn't there. I could just sit down on the couch and think about all this stuff. Right. And then now I, I go to Florida. When I'm, once I finally get cleared, I go to Florida for a month and a half or two months. Then this starts happening. And, and now I'm out of the gym again. It's just really, you know, I just want to win, man. I just want to fight. I just want to fight and win. What, what do you do? Look, I tell you what, if, if we go down the toilet paper aisle and there's one roll left, lace them up, man. We, we go. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do at post-surgery? What do you do to keep it? I mean, that's got to be frustrating, too. Like you said, you, for weeks, you're just sitting there. You can't get up. You can't really walk. What, what is something you'll typically do post-surgery? Do you just kind of burn through series and, and, and watch it? Or what do you do? I, uh, I watched a lot of fights, you know, honestly. I... I I really started this past downtime. I really started breaking. Down. And I always was a big fan, but kind of got away from it. Going back and watching George St. Pierre, uh, you know, a guy who 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 blends his boxing, who who used his jab intelligently before people were really boxing a lot in MMA to to set things up. And, and that's kind of what I did. Watch his entries. Watch the way he level changes. Watch the way he 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 just the intricacies of making people put their weight where you want them, get them off balance. And, and uh, that that's what I'm, you know, just train my mind, honestly. That's what I did. Yeah, no shit. You should feel that. Don't watch the, the rematch with him. He used all that beautifully. <laughs> Bopping my head with that jab. And you know what's funny, uh, Dustin? I don't know if you ever do anything like this with guys that are, are good with the jab. Like, you, you'll take a couple and make like it's bothering you and then try to time them to come in and then try to time a right hand. So I don't know if you ever do it, but at one point, George was bopping me with the jab. He must hit me with like three. So I was like, going to be like, I was getting hurt. Then I went to do a right hand. He shot right underneath when I did the right hand. It made me look slow as hell. It was really the timing. Because if he would have stood there, I probably would have got him with the right. But he went right underneath and he put me down and started elbowing me and shit. But listen, it was, it was, he, he puts, he put that stuff together like nobody ever did and, that's why that guy's a legend, you know. For sure, for sure, yeah. And and that's why he's the guy I'm, I'm always gonna. What's that? I said I'm glad he didn't do that shit my first fight. I, I <laughs> but uh, no, but when he started just blending in the what he calls the shoot boxing, John Danaher is really behind a lot of that stuff. John Danaher was his main 
uh, grappling uh, coach and uh, and one of his just main, you know, coming up with the game plans and whatnot, having to close the distance uh, without taking damage. He was the per- he was like the master of that, you know. Has yeah, he officially gotta... retired or no? Is, is he keeps saying that he might want to fight? He's looking for the fight. Is he officially out or is it still kind of up in the air? I thought he was retired. I'm pretty. I mean, he can't be getting any younger, even though he's in phenomenal shape. But uh, I think it's been downplayed how that dude got the title back. Uh, the middle of the heavier yeah. title, he beat Bisping. You know what I mean? It's just it's just an amazing thing with that guy. You know, I feel like with so many fights, Dustin, I think a lot of the newer fights that would have been like like classics back in the like instant classics are like kind of lost in the mix. You know what I mean? There's sense? just so many. There's just so many events, man. That's what I was telling a, a, a younger fighter. I mean, you, obviously, you've been in the UFC way before me. But when I made my UFC debut at UFC 125, uh, New Year's 2011, I remember like when you won a fight in the UFC, we talked about it for months because that's how long it took for another pay-per-view or another card. It was a big deal for a long time. Now you win a fight. That Saturday, they're talking about another fight Friday, Saturday. You know, it kind of it's quick lived now before it was uh, more celebrated. And and people were watching that. Like if there was a pay-per-view main event, people were watching that for three weeks straight, rewatching it because there was that gap between the the shows. It's a sign of the UFC's success. Like there's so many great fights and so many exciting fights. But you're right. The individual fighters don't get to enjoy it kind of in the limelight for as long. It's like like the news cycle. Just one week, flip it over, flip it over. And then they're on people onto the next fight. Yeah, it keeps you on your toes, man. It's exciting, though. Like you could win a fight and then a guy you you might be matched up with, with in the future wins the next weekend and you're right back to work. So we're all, you know, it keeps us busy for sure. Yeah, for sure, man. All right, Dustin. Well, look, Ben, thanks for jumping on with us. Uh, we know you guys are probably going crazy at home, so it's good talking to you. And that Dan Hooker fight, I mean, everybody wants to see that. Uh, he looked great against uh, Paul Felder, so I'm looking forward to seeing you guys whenever things are back to normal. Thanks, man. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. A lot of people were asking me about that fight, and, and Paul's, I mean, uh, Dan's a guy who's who's been kind of flying under the radar. You know, he's been in the yeah. UFC for a while now. He's uh, won seven of his last eight. He just won a big main event, so... You know, I got to show why I'm number two, and, and uh, I'm excited for this challenge, man. Okay, buddy. We'll talk to you again, and, uh, you know, hope you stay healthy and everything is okay. Thanks, Thanks you guys, too, man. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Uh, hello, Francis. How are you? I'm good. And yourself? How are you, Francis? Are you are you going what we call stir crazy? I don't know if you know what that means when you can't get out of the house. Are you are you getting a little insane just being there? Yeah, I mean, a little bit. 
It's not too bad, you know. Do you read a lot? Do you watch a lot of television? No, I don't. I don't like to read. <laughs> I don't like to read. Just, just watch TV. Turn around my house. I've been working in my house like uh, maybe my speed in <laughs> in inside the house. What shows? What shows do you like to watch on television? What show do I want to what, like to watch? So I have a very weird, uh, like a very weird uh, taste. 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 So like I can watch like um, Walking Dead. Um, I think my best show ever, my best show ever is like um, American Heist, La Casa de Papel. American American Heist. American Heist. Is that good? Is that a good show? Oh, it's phenomenal. It's With so great. And um our show like um Designated Survivor. Designated Survivor, yeah, yeah. That's that's supposed to be I've never seen it. It's supposed to be great. Yeah, it's awesome. I love that show, you know. It's just so great. It looks like uh, 24 hours. Yeah, yeah, no, that is good. It's good yeah. that shows you that you're into. That's my pastime. I always that what I uh, I watch. I love movies. I watch TV all all the time. So even with uh, um, when there is not coronavirus out there, I got to stay home like uh, the whole weekend. So. <laughs> <laughs> So that's why I'm not going so crazy because I used to stay home. You're staying home doing what you enjoy anyway. And by the way, Francis, I think the last time we talked to you, the background had no pictures. And I'm looking behind you and I see that awesome picture behind you. What, what, when did you get that? Because it looks really good. Last time we talked to you, you didn't have any art on the walls. I think I think that uh, that's really nice. When did you get that? Well, you have your good eyes. <laughs> uh, I can't even remember a month ago, a few months ago. Yeah, it looks good because the walls were all white. So we were asking when you were going to get something on the walls, but it looks really nice. It works well. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, now, let me ask you, too, about the uh, the Rosenstrike fight, which has been has it been uh, canceled or postponed? What's the official status of that fight? I mean, uh, the official status of the, of the fight is postponed, but technically it's just like canceled. Because like uh, when they say it's postponed, it has to have, it has to be some date that is postponed to. But um, regard, regarding the situation, we can't have a date yet, so it's, it's just technically cancelled, right? Yeah, I guess so. It is the same thing, I guess, depending on what you call it. What did What did you think of? Uh, his fight with uh, Alistair Overeem, I thought that Overeem kind of got a bad deal, uh, even though he did split his lip. That The fight had such a weird ending to it. What did you think about the end of the fight uh, between him and Alistair? Okay. Um, I think he was very lucky. That's why <laughs> you, have to, uh, you have to put the man luck on balance because win that fight, it was just about like, okay, last shot, last, last minute, plus the fact that, to be honest, I, I don't want to take any credit credit of him, but I think the referee stopped that fight, uh, has an early stoppage. But is it what it is, you know, so you can't do nothing about it. But technically, he was losing the whole fight. 
the whole five rounds. So, and when you knock somebody, I mean, he did kind of the thing where he knocked Overeem down and then he walked away with his arms up, but he didn't. And, and that couple of seconds in which he did that, I think the fight would have ended and Overeem would have survived. So that was a really, uh, when you knocked Overeem out, you, you didn't walk away like that. I mean, you, you, you knocked him out and you, you jumped on him until they, uh, the ref stopped the fight, which I thought was smart. I was, I was fighting. I wasn't play, I wasn't trick uh, the referee. You know, like when you knock somebody and raise your hand, that can trick the referee or judges or people. Like when the body, when the guy is, even though the guy is still able to fight, the way that you just walk around and raise your hand, make the referee stop the fight, you know? So I think that was just a tricky stuff from him. And uh, unless I'm sure the guy is knocked, knocked out and can't even react, I won't do that. I mean, you've looked so good against uh, uh, Curtis and Kane and, and Junior. Uh, what what clicked for you? You had a couple of tough fights, and then you have just looked incredible in the last three. What changed for you? Did something mentally change or something in your training change? Um, okay, so before uh, before this last couple of fights, before the uh, tough moment that I had, uh, remember before that I, I, I have some great I had some great uh, fight too I think it's just all about uh, the uh, on this game my understanding of the game my experience I have beyond my experience like uh, from the beginning to now I'm a whole different fighter I have a different understanding of fighting you know I I have a different uh, uh way to deal with fight, to handle a fight, which is something that I didn't know before. I know myself more uh, better now than before. I know fight, fighting, uh, the um, probability uh, who can happen in a fight now than before, which is something uh, very important for uh, for human career. Something else you probably experienced was the fans, how they react to a loss, how your real fans and the real people will stick by you when you're destroying everybody. Even if you stumble, this, your, 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 your real people will be around you, but a lot of people wouldn't. So that affects a lot of people when they get their first loss. But you came back like this. So you must have a good core group around you is that what it is that affected that affected me too a lot than you can imagine because i i was surprised how people change side you know i didn't expect that and that's what exactly because i didn't understand i have i haven't deal with it so that's why uh, how I go to the fight again directly with uh, that's why that fight was like that. I was there fighting against me. I wasn't there fighting my opponent. I was there fighting against me like, uh, no, don't do this, no, that. The whole fight, I was just in my head. Everything just happened in my head like, no, don't do this. I was talking to myself the whole three, three rounds. Until, uh, like, I didn't even realize that that was uh, three rounds. Like, at the end of the fight, I thought it's still, the fight is still going on, you know. 
Then I found out that it was the third round. I was like, really? <laughs> you know, so then I understood that, okay, something wrong. Like uh, I might be affected than what I uh, I thought. And yeah, I kind of like uh, find a way to deal with that. I, I also like um, uh, ask for some mental support to help me deal with that, figure it out, you know, to pull back every good thing to help me to deal with the bad things around. And I make my mind, I understood that, okay, that's how people work. Some people work, you have to uh, be uh, on your own. I mean, sometimes you want to say, I don't want to be selfish. I just want to be do this for us. I just want to be together. But man, you all on your own. When it comes to loss, it's all on your own. So you have to put that in your mind and then be prepared. When you win, okay, it's everybody. Yes, we did this, we did that. Yes, we support with that. Okay, it's cool, no problem with that. But get ready. As soon as you stumble, mm -mm. at the meantime, it's also great to see these people that, because when you stumble, you feel very low. Then you see these people that really uh, love you. And that's, I mean, that's, uh, that's bring some new fire in you. Like you see how, ex you see that you matter for them, like for real, you know, not just for the fame, like people care for you. And that's also something that you discover at the time and which is so great, you know. So he, have, he has like a, a two side, a good and a bad. And then it's now up to you to know how to handle, to put away the bad side and to take the uh, lean on the good side to uh, bounce back, you know. So, you know, it was a life life lesson, you know. It's something that you have to learn. It's not about fighting. It's not just about fighting, but about the uh, life in general. After that, that law, they lost to, to Lewis, and then the next fight was with Curtis Blades, a guy who had fought you tough the first time. What did it feel like in that fight to get that first-round knockout against Curtis? Okay, so um, just so you know, before I worked to that fight against uh, Curtis Blade, I was ready. In my, I was ready. In my mind, I was ready. So um, I was going there to give it all and didn't care about what people would say. That wasn't my concern anymore because my concern made me lose my previous fight. I was there carrying on my concern. Who made me lose? Who, make, who made it worse? You know, so I was like, okay, man, I don't care about this anymore. Let's what let's happen. Let's uh, what happened would happen. You know, uh, at first I wasn't here. I make myself up here by my own. So if this the end, let's enjoy it. It's not bad at all. I mean, it's not the the highest that you can go, but at the end of the day, it's still not bad. And remember, I'm. Uh, I kept doing MMA because I was having fun. So if I'm not having fun anymore, what left for me? Nothing. Yes. So then I better go out there and have fun and don't get concerned about the outcome, about this, about that. That So that the uh, mindset that I worked 
to that fight with. Uh, was Tyson was showing you how to throw? Was he? Well, what was Tyson? Uh, you and Mike were together, and he was showing you some type of a punch. Yes, like uh, how to fight uh, a tall, a big guy, because he always has had to fight a tall, tallest people than him, and how to move to be because it's basically the best heavyweight technically wise basically the best heavyweight that was great to meet him because like uh, I mean Mike Tyson was like uh, the body that I look up to when I was dreaming about boxing you know like uh, when I have a hard time sometime and I want to pick up myself I will go and watch Mike Tyson videos I'm like yes I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. You know. <laughs> you know. You look at other great champion. Larry Holmes was a great champion. Lennox Lewis. There were so many great heavyweight fighters. But something about Mike Tyson, people just love this. What do you think it is about Mike that makes people gravitate towards him so much? Because he does have that effect on so many people. If it's very simple. Mike Tyson is very technical. Like, okay, I'm gonna tell you something. There is a lot of champion like uh, Muhammad Ali was. I mean, he's probably the greatest of all the time, but I can't. You can't take like five years old, put in the uh, in front of uh, Muhammad Ali uh, fight and say, "Okay, look, this how the box." It doesn't make sense. The the guy has his hands down. You can't tell five years old to box with his hand down and play with shorter. <laughs> you know, that's not a classic boxing, but. When you put the Mike Tyson video, you can take a five years old that you are teaching, you, you want to teach, coach him boxing, like, okay, this is how to box. Hand raise, head, head movement, uh, footwork, everything exactly like classic, like basic, you know. He was in the professional level just with the high, uh, just with the best uh, uh, te- basic. Uh, technique. You, you never see Mike Tyson with his shoulder like this, playing this. No. Hands up. Like, the first day you walk to the boxing gym, the, ter- the first thing is to raise your hand, how to move, move forward, backward, sideward, sideward, forward, and everything. Then after, at some moment, head movement, that's all what Mike Tyson uh, did. That's a great explanation. I've never heard it quite explained like that, but that makes perfect sense. Um, because it was funny, he was showing you something like where he was moving to the side, he was hitting you in the side of the body and just kind of moving to the side. And I guess because Tyson knocked people out so fast, people forget like, yeah, that was because he was technically so great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That exactly, uh, I, I mean, I always uh, thought that like people was uh, leaning on the f- power uh, of the uh, power, f- power fact Forgetting the technical fact, the I mean the power is there because of the technique. You yeah. need if you have, you can ha- have uh, the hardest power a, a punch ever, but if you don't stand in the good position, you don't move well. That power won't impact nothing. You know, you have to have a, a standing base to move and then to know the distance to uh, get close, how to get close to your target and everything. You have to put all this together to reach your uh, your target, and that's all what he was good at. He made boxing look very simple, so people on the, for, even forgot the fact that boxing is technical. You know, he was always the shorter guy when he was fighting Mike Tyson. You know, you don't see him fighting any shorter heavyweights when he was fighting. 
So oh, and he no. looked like a pit bull. That's probably why people forgot that it was about the technique because he looked so powerful, you know. Yeah, but uh, most of the time he wasn't. He wasn't the biggest one out there. And you're just the opposite. Like you, you're normally the biggest guy, and you have such an amazing reach. So you know that guys, when a guy fights you, his goal is to try to close distance because your reach is. I don't think there's anybody that has the reach you do. Uh, at least I can't think of anyone that's got your reach. Maybe uh, Stefan Struve uh, when he was fighting. No, uh, I mean maybe reach wise, but uh, I'm not the biggest one out there. When you check in the UFC uh, heavyweight roster, the average uh, is six four. Where I am, I'm six four. At the end of the day, MMA is so different to boxing. You know, someone who can use his leg, legs has, leg has like uh, way more reach than uh, the the arm. You know, somebody who can use his leg, his leg uh, very well, you know, he has like a, one feet uh, uh, more than your hand. Well, look, Francis, I'm looking forward to this uh, fight so much. I'm sure it will be rescheduled as soon as things are back to normal. Everybody wants to see it. And the last time we talked to you, you were upset because you didn't have an opponent. And now here comes Rosenstrike, and he's looked really good, uh, even though I think Alistair Overeem was winning the fight. He still looked good, and he wound up pulling it out at the end. So this is a matchup I think a lot of people want to see. So I'm sure you're happy that this is eventually going to happen. Yeah. I don't know when, but it's going to happen. You know, at this point of time, we are just expecting things to come down, and then we go out there and do business. We love, uh, we love talking to you, and I can't wait till this fight is rescheduled, and uh, hopefully talk to you again before the fight. Okay, thank you very much, guys. I thought that was very interesting. That whole, you know what it is. This is what this is what it is. This is what I, I, I see. This is how I look at. I see it with with Francis. He's such a nice guy that. That after he lost, he was it hurt him. I think it really hurt his feelings yeah. how people reacted because everybody treats you like like the like on the street, you know, treat you with respect and everybody's kissing your ass and everybody's nice to you. But when you lose, he, he just he he looks like he was genuinely hurt from that <laughs> and didn't want to feel that again. And that's what held him back during the Derek Lewis, Lewis. fight. But yeah. he even said he had someone that we didn't really dive too much into it. But I'm assuming he's seen, I don't know if he's seen a therapist, but he said he got some mental uh, therapy. He got some mental yeah. help with. But it it's shown how it was like a breakthrough, how he said basically F it when he went to fight um, Curtis. Curtis Blades, because you've seen a difference. You've seen him not giving a shit when he went out there and remembering why he did it. Because he did it. Because why he does it, he does it. Why he fights? Because he loves it, and that and it's shown in his fight. There was no hesitation. It was amazing. No, and I and I think you're. Uh, I think he had, was ten and one at one point. I don't. I think his first loss came earlier. I think he's. Ten, I think he's lost three fights. I think Stipe was his second loss. I might be wrong. Yeah. I might be remembering that incorrectly. But for some reason, I think Stipe was his second loss. Not, but I think. Oh, maybe you're right. Yeah, first UFC. But Stipe fought him so smart. Like, that was yeah. such a – I think that might – like, you know, Cormier always says there's levels to this thing. Like, Stipe knows how hard Ngannou hits, and he knows he doesn't want to stand there and trade with him for long. Yeah. So he just he, – he takes that wrestling, and he leans on him. I, but I think the Lewis fight, yeah, you could see the hesitation, and uh, I'm glad he came back because I thought after that – 
I was like, Curtis Blades is going to give him a hard time. I think I had Blades picked in that fight because Curtis had fought him a, a doctor stoppage the first time. I'm like, Blades is probably not afraid of him. And then he comes and knocks him out in the first round. Think about what he's done since then with Cain Velasquez, Junior DeSantos. I mean, he's a destroyer because – and, and it's, it is funny how the cage – or longer you stay the ring, the same thing. Fighting, it, it, um, it like mirrors life. Like, you know what I mean? Like, when you're down and out, like, who's going to, you know what I mean? Like, who's sticking around you? Like, you know right. what I mean? So it's like, it happened. That's what happens in the fight game. But it's on a huge scale. So if he lost early on, who cares? He lost the, on a local circuit. He was a upcoming fighter. But when right. he started, like, the next, like, big thing in the UFC, destroying everybody, and he had that first loss, that could, somebody could never, some people, not as yeah. mentally strong and don't figure it out, couldn't, they might never recover from that. So yeah. I think it's wild. I think it's really sure. And I'm happy, though, because he's such a he's you can tell he's such a nice guy. He's a nice I mean? guy. Yeah. Very genuine. Just like a, like a hat. Almost like how why did everybody leave me? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was yeah. fun. Like, it, it's a wild to see that with him. And what a story too! coming homeless, uh, homeless at one point going into the gym, I think, in oh, Paris. Uh, he has such a great story. Oh, no, that's going to be that's going to be a movie eventually. You know what I mean? It's yeah, be he gets another Jimmy. shot at the title, I think. He'll get another shot. I'm looking up. Oh, you know what? Stefan Struve have an inch and a half reach on uh, on, on uh, Francis. Francis, 83. Stefan is 84 and a half. They always, they always kind of get close to Stefan, though. I don't know how. He kind of lets him he in He doesn't have a jab. He doesn't why a jab. Is, why does that, if I was him, eight feet tall, I would develop a sidekick. You could do that for a guy that size? It'd be like uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar with Bruce Lee. You'd get that footprint on the face. You know what I mean? That's an yeah, old school death. I think it's because he didn't have a jab. Uh, Struve, he doesn't use a jab that much. And, and I think that probably oh. held. I, he probably got very used to using his big, long legs. But uh, yeah, And again, I think that's what it was. He didn't have a great jab. So if people were able to, to get in on him a little bit. So listen, what I want you to do, buddy, I don't know if it's back ordered yet. Uh, try to get a vibe. Okay, or or an Oculus uh, Quest. All right, I'll get something. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's in a virtual reality. Then we can hang out, Jimmy. I could be your, I could be your sensei. I could be your Yoda in that world, just like Jimmy Rivera is in the martial arts world. You didn't want me as your trainer, but Jimmy, I would Rivera, love you as my trainer. Absolutely. If you, I wish you were in the city. I would love to train I'm with not, Matt Sarah. I'm not jealous of Jimmy Rivera. <laughs> All right, listen, at least you picked another short guy as your trainer. Jimmy, man, listen, I'm going to talk to you in a couple of days. What else, buddy? Anything else? Do we know who's no. on? You know who we should have on? Who? I want to put a request to have my old friend Dean Thomas on because I read recently that he left American Top Team. Now we got to oh. change the beginning of looking for a fight because he says, oh, American Top Team. He's like, no. Now he's... Dean Thomas, entrepreneur. I don't know. Is that did I say the word right? Entrepreneur. Yeah, you got it. You get most of it. You got you the preneur part. That's did all I that matters. Yeah, the preneur. So, say that. it again. I'll tell you. No, Jimmy. A what? Did you? You on? You said entrepreneur. I think you said it actually right. Entrepreneur. <laughs> I did got, say it right, Jimmy. You did. All right, Jimmy. Let me go into my virtual reality and work some fools. First, I'm going to look funny, at my man. family upstairs. I hear my kids, they're tapping upstairs. They're doing the online um, dance from their online, the dance school. They can't even. Dude, oh, okay. Different world, man. 
You know what, people? I'm talking to the world now. I'm not just talking to you, Jimmy. Hey, they could stop us from social uh, gatherings. Wait, so we have to be... Social... <laughs> uh... Distancing. Yeah. I understand we're talking about social distancing. We can't be in groups. We can't do this. We can't do that. But they cannot stop me and you from having fun, Jimmy. Right? That's correct. They cannot. We just can't do it in the same room. But we can still have fun as if we're in the same room. Jimmy, listen, I can't wait to talk in a couple of days. I think we should have Dean Thomas on. I want to hear Let's what's do up it. that whole other thing. And we're probably going to have somebody else. I don't know, but I'm excited to find out, Jimmy. All right, buddy. I'll All talk right. to you soon. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening and watching. And uh, I'll talk to you in a couple of days. Out. And Jimmy, I really, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to today, I'm going to try to get on Twitch. Okay. I want to, Jimmy. I'm playing anyway. You I might, might as well, well have you hang out with me. Because I, you, you know. Well. All right, Jimmy. I miss you, man. Yes, I'll probably so. FaceTime you and pick up your phone in 20 minutes, FaceTime you in 20 right, minutes. Buddy. <laughs> Bye, Talk to you soon. Bye, Bye man. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply.